Good things come to those who wait. And sometimes those who wait. And wait. And wait. And wait! We're talking about Final Fantasy VII Remake! everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show do you have your materia slotted because i know i do i'm drew and i love final fantasy 7 and this is the more you nerd uh and we're here to wrap up our conversations about remake games our remake roundtable talking about final fantasy 7 remake but i need uh the uh, uh spoiler character to my non-spoiler character miles how are you I'm doing good. I, I, I much. I mean, so let's uh, let's let's address the the heavy metal elephant in the room. room. Uh, I had work done on my house that is actually still going on, but it was in a very different state of going on last week to the point where I couldn't record. Um, I I'm sorry, it just wasn't going to happen. Um, it's perfectly fine because uh, to the surprise of I think everyone that knows me, I do not like doom 2016 and i tried to play again I, and i was like this plays like butthole i and you you are like, so wrong i don't know what the deal is because that game I, is so good but that game is freaking miserable for me to play i i don't know what it is but I, like because on paper this game should be a hundred percent a game i love and like everyone i know loved this game but like whenever i try to play it I just I I have a bad time. I just I have a bad time, and I'm like I don't I don't want to play this anymore. And as soon as you indicated that you might not record, boy howdy, did I delete that off my Switch immediately. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you didn't like it because it was you're playing it on your Switch. No, I've I've played it on uh, my Xbox before too. Well, anyway, let's talk about a different set of circumstances and. Yes, I know, Miles. We have talked about this game on this podcast many times before, but damn it, we're I feel like we're always in a state of talking about this game. In fact, at one point you were streaming a playthrough of Final Fantasy VII on Twitch for Cosmic Crit or our 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 bevy of podcasts that we do. It was um, through the Cosmic Crit Twitch. It was with our our yeah. Uh, old, old co-host of the show, Mike, and our buddy from Cosmic Crit, Tyler, who's been on this show, uh, helping us cover uh, mm-hmm. Ghost in the Shell standalone complex a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I, I love Final Fantasy seven. 1997 uh, Final Fantasy seven comes out. How many times has Final Fantasy seven come out, Miles, in final in, in 1997? Oh, it comes out twice. Uh, so it comes out in January in Japan. It com- and then they, as they're doing the translation into uh, in, into um, uh, English for the Western audiences in America, they add a whole bunch of content to Final Fantasy VII, uh, which releases in the U.S. in September of '97, and then they released the Final Fantasy VII International version that has all of these changes, uh, that especially the late game extra things. Uh, all coming out uh, in the international version in October of 1997. So yeah, two times Square in one year. Can you believe to it? Do that. They did that with, I think, both Kingdom Hearts games. 
uh, back in the day. I think they both had international versions that eventually found their way to us. I feel like the international um, versions, a lot of what that was, was uh, they started including English voice acting and it wasn't no, no, too no, much add, of a... I think, I'm pretty sure they added stuff as well. They, I, but sometimes it's just like a boss fight in those games. Like this was this was like re, re, redoing mechanics and, and, and things like that. Um, uh, but... Uh, but yeah. I'll have to look because my Kingdom Hearts foo is is not um that high. Um, but I I do remember when it came out, it was a big deal that this inter that, or final mix. Um oh, so the final mix sc- games, I do remember. Yeah, the final yeah, mix. So versions. it added new scenes, clarifying certain plot points. Um, <laughs> really clarifying no recorded. Clarifying plot points. Really? Really? Um, In Kingdom there Hearts? There was some new bosses um and some other stuff that was added and some levels of difficulties i mean yeah i mean they they added more than just uh they did that's fair that's fair that's fair um so i don't need to to remind everybody that final fantasy 7 was a huge huge game um it was super popular it was one of i don't remember the first game that came on multiple discs this is probably the first one that I played. Um, I know there were a number of two disc games. Um, was Metal Gear two discs? Yes, but that would have been in 98. Okay. Um, um, it, cause I mean, this was an era where two disc games were. Became in vogue. I yeah. mean, I feel like that happened in Saturn as well, but like, I, I, I seem to remember several multi-disc games but i mean final fantasy became known for it yeah. because seven eight nine all were multiple discs and seven uh was actually on three discs here is my copy of seven that i'm holding up uh and if it's if it was on pc it was only six discs <laughs> that tracks well the funny thing about final fantasy seven uh on three discs that i that i actually learned for the first time recently is that the entire game the entirety it's four discs the entirety of the game was on each disc every disc had the exact same copy of the game the only differences was the fmv cutscenes were cut up based on what disc they were on so that's funny uh that's, just that's weird um, isn't that weird that that's the reason why that, you had to have really really weird um so i mean yeah it Final Fantasy Seven, uh, and, and I mean, this comes at a time when Square Soft was, I mean, the RPG powerhouse, along with Enix. But like Square Soft was, I mean, making some of the most iconic games of all time. And I mean, as most players, this is this is back when Square kind of gave a shit. Like, I mean, really. Like, I know you're giving me a little bit look, but of a look, but like. This is when Square was innovative. They were telling really interesting stories. They were finishing their games. They well, were and, and this is they, the, they, they were just the company. This is also when Hironobu Sakaguchi was still in charge of Square. Mm-hmm. And we and we covered we covered the his downfall at the company and his willful taking the fall for Final Fantasy Spirit the Spirits Within. within. Uh, when we t- cover, yeah, golly, which which we when we covered that uh, two years ago, whenever we covered that. Um, but 
it, it's just it's just notable though that I just I want to mention because this is something that I also rediscovered as uh, doing research for this this week because I remember a lot of desire for a Final Fantasy VII remake and uh, so Miles do you remember what happened in uh, in the year two thousand uh, video game wise yeah. Well, a little, uh, a little. Oh, I was gonna let you say it because yeah. you've been talking about it all day. <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, 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 a a little video game console called the PlayStation Two came out. Now, since Miles, I I know Miles loves Final Fantasy VII more than any other Final Fantasy game. Uh, he talks about it nonstop. He never shuts up about it. Um, the look I'm getting is hilarious. Uh, so, but the thing about the PlayStation Two is that it was compared to the PS One, way more powerful. And one of the tech demos for the PlayStation 2 was actually the dance scene uh, between uh, Squall and Renoa from Final Fantasy VIII. And it looked exactly like the dance scene that was in the, the was on the, the PlayStation 1 version of the game, except instead of being FMV, it was a fully in-engine thing you could move the camera around it was a whole it was a whole thing it was it was amazing and that showed so much promise for what this console could do uh that ps2 so much ps2 honestly ps2 is maybe the goat of all time a hundred percent like i i I love i love the playstation and I, i there are several things aesthetically i love from that time period um with the console itself and and the same reason i like some of the aesthetics of the nintendo console even though i don't have as much nostalgia for the nintendo the nes games yeah outside of like the the kind of all-stars but like the ps2 is i i i think the best time to have been up and coming at, at our age when we didn't have any responsibilities like to play games it was the best time to be alive it in, was in the history of the medium it was early enough in the 3d video game realm that they were that they that well it was it was late enough that they kind of knew what they were doing and could push the envelope but early enough that they were still taking risks playstation yeah. do and PlayStation- but also remember being impressed by games yeah like a game coming out and you're being like because now it's like oh that, that looks cool that's fun and like you see some in real five uh five stuff they're like oh that's that's neat but it's nothing like and i know that sounds very like it back to my day but the graphical difference between playstation one and playstation two and like you said drew the risks that were being taken in games and the weird decisions that were being done sometimes i mean it was it, it, it was a whole new world at this time, Square is working on a number of things. They are working on Final Fantasy X uh, that we that we discussed. They had worked on uh, Final Fantasy The Spirits Within <laughs> and a number of other things. Uh, but in... Uh, Child the Bouncer, baby! <laughs> yeah, the Bouncer. Uh, but in January of 2001, so this is after the console has been released in the year 2000 uh, worldwide, there was a very small announcement and it's so small that you have to use uh, archive.org's Wayback machine to find articles about it because it's, it has been largely scrubbed from the internet. Square. I've been, I, I, have, I have been listening to this all day, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and non-binary uh, beings, this is, this is all I've heard about today. <laughs> Square Enix has been uh, Square Enix announced that they were going to do remakes of final fantasy seven, 
Final Fantasy VIII, and Final Fantasy IX for the PlayStation 2. They were all going to be released on DVD-ROM instead of CD-ROM. And uh, they were all going to have insanity. They were all going to have graphical enhancements and audio enhancements. Uh, so like redone music and redone scores. And they made that announcement. And then. Radio no. silence. I, and you know Nothing happened. I would have been way more excited about a Final Fantasy VIII remake on PS2 than if they came out and announced Final Fantasy remake out now. Uh, I agree. I 100% agree. And this is also weirdly in the time where like when we went from PS2 to PS3, there were a lot of like, quote, HD remasters of games that came out on the PS2 that they just kind of bumped up to HD resolutions for the PS3 and maybe added new content or things like that. This is years before that was a concept. Um, It was like this was how popular not just seven, but eight and nine also were that they were even thinking about this in the same year that they had Final Fantasy 10 coming out, which was uh, also a huge, huge game, huge game. Uh, So, of course, in the long history of Final Fantasy seven remake desire, I can't believe, by the way, 2001 is when that happened. It is now it, uh, it took almost 20 years for it to let's, actually let's, happen let's, let's not act that this was in development for 20 years the idea true. was there true you know they didn't properly start developing this game until like 2015 so you know square around around the 2003 2004 era started getting a little weird um Apologies if you can hear my cat trying to get into my office. She is not normally allowed uh, down here in the basement, but because of the construction work, she is. So there's a lot of meowing happening and it's very distracting to me. Uh, I'm not even sure if you guys can hear it. So apologies if you can. Um, So in in 2003, they announced something called the compilation of Final Fantasy VII. Now, again, we're they're still in recovery mode from losing all of this money for the the spirits within. So with this, they announce a number of things, namely the Final Fantasy VII Advent Children movie, um, which is just it's it's good. It's a real good movie. Fine. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. There was it's it's fine. <laughs> I, ha- I honestly I haven't seen it since it came out, and I remember I, not enjoying it very much. I I haven't seen well, especially since I wasn't really a seven person at all at the time uh, when it came out. I was like, yeah, this is the thing that happened. Um, I, I, am, I am very interested to watch it now, uh, 15, 20 years almost removed from it. it we almost we almost thing is that there 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 is a um, a Japanese rock song featuring My Chemical Romance's Gerard Way. And it's fantastic. It's the best thing about Final Fantasy seven. We almost watched it for this month when I was trying to get Miles to do all of the compilation of Final Fantasy yeah, seven. Yeah. This, this month was almost all compilation of Final Fantasy seven. He wanted to do like uh crisis core and dirge of cerberus and advent children and i was like i i don't have that kind of time and neither do you (laughs) oh well the only one i really would have had to do is dirge of cerberus because that's the only one i really haven't played but yeah so but as part of this uh so you've got the that's the only one of those i actually have yeah so so with this you've got uh you've got a number of final fantasy 7 side projects including sequels sequel games sequel movie prequels before crisis final fantasy 7 which is a cell phone game that released in chapters in japan that was only available for a limited time like i think also a snowboarding game 
Uh, that didn't happen until later. I think the the snowboarding. Uh, uh, was it not? I thought that was. Oh no! You're no. You're right. Roller. Snowboard snowboarding was out in in, in uh, 2005. It's the uh, the the G bike game that I'm thinking of that didn't come out until later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so around this same time, interestingly enough, uh, Sony Sony play uh, PlayStation. Uh, they're they're about to launch another brand new console. The PlayStation 3. Sony, I, I got to give it to them. You know, you've got the Nintendo 64 and the GameCube and the Wii and the Switch. And you've got the Xbox 360 and the Xbox One and the Xbox Series. PlayStation 1, 2, 3. They just take, uh, just, uh, you know, I respect that a lot. Uh, and in 2005, at the demo of of the the PlayStation 3, the showcase for what it could do. Much like they did for Final Fantasy 8 and the PlayStation 2, they did an in-engine version of the opening to Final Fantasy 7 rendered live on the PS3. This is really where the remake cycle begins. Um, this showed what everybody wanted this beautiful 3d. Well, for the time it was, you know, 15 years ago now, uh, this 3d rendered version of Midgar and Eris standing up all with the music swelling. And and then you see cloud jumping off of the train as he runs towards the, 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 the Shinra soldier. And it was just like, yes, we are here. They're doing all of these other Final Fantasy projects. They're doing remakes and they're or they're doing sequels. And they're doing uh, the movie and they're going to remake Final Fantasy VII. It's going to be awesome. Sorry, I had to cough because I'm getting myself worked up. And what happened in 2006, Miles? Nothing. nothing nothing happened nothing happened uh and it took and i have been hearing about it every day of my life it seems <laughs> since <laughs> since that time period to when they announced it i was just like thank god it was just like i just, I just want to stop hearing about it <laughs> so now we have to flash forward to 2015 <laughs> we are at the we are in the latter half of the ps4's life lifespan life cycle and they finally announce Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, that trailer brought a tear to my eye. I loved seeing it. Um, I was so excited seeing it happen. I was shaking. It was it was amazing. Um, so, and and that was again 2015. <laughs> the game finally releases in 2020 <laughs> after years and years of continued trailers there was there was even a trailer that had bo billingsley voicing barrett and i had forgotten that he had voiced barrett in because i hadn't played dirge of cerberus so i didn't realize he played barrett and dirge of cerberus bo billingsley by the way is the voice of jet black from cowboy bebop he's uh, a big time voice actor a lot of the other voices seem to be locked in at that point too um but yeah final fantasy 7 remake uh was announced as a part one of a trilogy of games uh, seemingly based off of the idea that the first game came on three discs. So we're going to have three games, even though the time frame of them doesn't quite match up. 
Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake focuses on the Midgar portion of the Final Fantasy VII story, which is the very beginning, the opening with the big two-tiered city in the game. And uh, and when I recently played the original Final Fantasy VII uh, uh, version uh, to get the Platinum Trophy because I'm a madman uh, in preparation to play Rebirth uh, this week. <laughs> um, yeah, Midgar's like two and a half hours if you if you don't speed through it not a ton of stuff in there it is super hyper memorable because it's so it's an iconic location in video gaming the city of midgar um but yeah they took that section and they basically expanded it uh into a big 30 40 hour experience so let's get down to it miles final fantasy 7 yeah. remake here we are so Final Fantasy VII Remake was, I mean, for me, my first, I think, real exploration into it. I had played it a little bit back in the day, and it, I mean, it was like that. The franchise I didn't really get grabbed into until I played eight, and I, um, but I mean, I, like, outside of like just joking around, I, I knew that the story was was really good and. And the one things that I one thing I do like um, about being able to revisit this is to kind of sit down with these moments. Um, and, I, and I am very divided on how they're doing this, because when they announced it was going to be like a trilogy of games, I was like, really, guys, is that necessary? Um, but at the same time, um, I love what some people might consider bloat, but all of the the character moments that you get and getting to really explore that, that's that's what's interest, most interesting to me and where I was coming from this game at. And, and for me, it helps me get to where like, okay, I understand why people are so into this this thing i see the world that everyone's imaginations saw because i i just wasn't there on the, on the on the ground floor and so starting this adventure even though i know it's very different from and i, I mean i've played half of the original game um now 75 percent um i know that there are changes but even still like all the things that people have adored about this this franchise um are intact and magnified to me in, yeah. In oh, by, by the way, spoilers for Final Fantasy VII Remake coming up. Just uh, I, I guess mm. I don't know why I didn't say that earlier. I probably should clarify. We are going to be spoiling probably this game and the original Final Fantasy VII and probably accidentally portions of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which neither of us have played and isn't even out yet. So, uh, yeah, you know, um, and I mean, and, and there were some things that I finally got, you know, like I was never like. Like I thought shit had a cool design, but I never understood why everyone was in love with Tifa. And now I do. Um, <laughs> so, and um, what's all, but, but I, I, I think that what's interesting about this is how much you love or hate the remake is going to really rely on how much you love or hate the fact that they have completely changed, even if the DNA is still there how the game plays the battle system specifically. Yes. so the, of course the original final fantasy 7 was typical turn-based turn -based. combat of of square at the time 
something that they had done for 10 years already that they that they brought forward to to this. This game is a it's a full well, there is a turn-based mode. I've honestly I've actually never messed with the turn-based combat mode uh in, I, in this game. I kind of did, but I don't remember how much I messed around with it. Um but this is really it's an action combat RPG. You do have battle sequences that start, but then you control characters and you move them around the space and you press this button to slash your sword or shoot your gun or punch your fist and this button to cast a spell and and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I actually really like this battle system. This is I mean, a lot of people compare it to Kingdom Hearts, which really they should. It's it's definitely an, a an evolution of what came from from Kingdom Hearts and and Final Fantasy 15, which uh, the bi- the big thing here, though, is in Final Fantasy 15, you only controlled one character and this you can switch between all your active party members at one time there. The, the thing that I that I have to say playing because, again, I needed to prove my worth as a Final Fantasy 7 fan. So I went and I, I, you really I didn't. I didn't. No, I really didn't have to do <laughs> it. I, I didn't have to, really didn't. <laughs> but I did, but I didn't, but I did. Um, and so I went and got the platinum trophy for this. And that involves playing the game on hard mode and hard mode is a very different animal because hard mode locks you out of using any item. Yeah. You know, all those things that I hoard and never use, you don't get to, you don't get to use them <laughs> in that mode. <laughs> Uh, but that makes that makes, you know, you have to be very careful with what you do. But what that what that showed me about this game is I liked the battle system uh, when I played through it the first time. But playing through it on hard mode and having to make choices and figure out what what moves do what, because there is this mechanic for pressuring enemies and staggering enemies and finding out what pressures enemies and what what staggers enemies and what builds those things based on what characters you have. It's a much deeper combat system than people give it credit for. Um, Especially because when you're playing on normal, there are some hard boss fights and things like that, but you can kind of, you can kind of get through it if you, if you, you know, get your timing right. Um, But playing it on hard mode is a different animal and you really have to kind of prepare fight by fight with what you're going to do. Um, and, and for that, I was, I was really surprised at how deep it got and how, like, I was looking up strategies and how to do certain fights. And I was watching, I was watching people take down the hardest bosses in the game without taking a, like dark soul style, without taking a single bit of damage and beating the boss before it went to the second phase, because they were able to stagger it in just this particular way to get this much damage done. It was mind blowing how how uh how well that was um and yeah i really like it Uh, i like it a lot and uh tifa is the best playing character in the game um oh yeah definitely agree with that so i think my problem uh because i struggle to really call this a remake they're they're not really remaking the game they are retelling the story in a completely different game yes and like, th- like this is unlike the other remakes that we have talked about this month. It's certainly com- the complete opposite in terms of an effort, but uh, from Resident Evil Two, which remakes the game. It 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 takes the thing you loved and then polishes it, improves upon it, but still gives you that experience. This is a very different beast than playing Final Fantasy Seven. 
It definitely, definitely is. And because what you're describing makes it sound even more fun. Like of like having to like actually strategize your battles because otherwise playing through the normal mode, it does kind of feel like a mid-tier action RPG battle system. Like you see you see that you see the, the tools are there, but you don't really get encouraged by the game to play with them too much. Yeah. It it, it I would say there is in the battle simulator specifically, there are a couple of end game fights that or post game fights really that are just like, they'll teach you how to rethink how to play the game. Um, so yeah, the story story wise. So obviously there are going to be major differences because this is just one chunk of the game that mm-hmm. took place over two and a half, three hours. That is now 30 hours. You have a number of characters that are brand new. Speaking of, I want to talk before we get into that. One of the things I love about this game is the voice cast for I'm going to and I'm going to say I only I've only really messed with the English language because uh, the English language version, because I speak English. It's just easy for me. Uh, And uh, the English voice cast in this is is the best. Uh, You're on the stairs. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like he does the prompto thing for Final Fantasy 15. He has that, but he has a little jingle he does a couple of times. It's so funny. It's really good. Uh, but but specifically the voice, the voice cast for uh, Barrett is great, but the voice cast for Cloud, Eris slash Aerith and Tifa are just so compelling. Um, they they are. I was I kind of had a chip in my shoulder going in because uh, Rachel Lee Cook has played Tifa for like the last like 15 years, and I've always thought she did an incredible job as Tifa. And I was kind of bummed that she wasn't like being Tifa again. But I, I also don't know what she's doing these days. I, I don't know if she's even wanting to do voice work anymore. But like, I, I've always liked her performance as Tifa. So I was a little bummed to find out that she wasn't going to be here. Yeah, uh, Tifa is now played by Britt Barron, uh, who was on Glow. Um, I like yeah. uh, Co- that. Does an incredible job. Uh, Cody Christian plays Cloud. Uh, and uh, Brianna White plays Eris and just and specifically. Ooh. All right, get over it. I'm old. I, I call her Eris, even though. <laughs> the most annoying thing I think that I ever do to Drew is every single time he's trying to talk about Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 7 and says Eris. I always <laughs> stop him. Yeah, like, which I, I railroad his entire thought process. Go, and just go, who? As you have done now, which is hilarious because our buddy Mike does the same thing and you don't do it to him and you do it to I me. Think he, I think I, I no, he, he started doing it. I think he's doing it so that I will call him out so he can have an argument and I'm not going to, I'm not taking the bait. <laughs> I, 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 I have, I have specifically noted that. And I was like, I see what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so, uh, and, uh, oh, and, uh, John Eric Bentley plays Barrett in this, um, which I, uh, just had to, had to say, cause, cause he does a really fantastic job as well. Um, but yeah, see, hearing these characters and, and really being sold on, specifically there is a moment early in the game it's after cloud has fallen through after blowing up the second uh, mako reactor and he cr- has crashed into the church and he's meeting with with eris for the first time and they are just going through the city as he, she has hired him to be her bodyguard and take and, and she's going to escort him to where he's looking to go and just how charming that whole interaction is and it's just 
it just works. It just works so well. Um, they're, they, they capture. Uh, and, and again, that's the other thing that like when you have the original game and you have these voices in your head, like it's it's easy to imagine how a big dude with a gun on his arm like Barrett sounds. Mm-hmm. When you, when you have characters like Tifa and Eris, where Tifa is like she's very strong, but she's also like Tifa's weirdly not confident in some of the things that she does in the game. And I'm talking about even back in the original game, she she's got some self-doubt about some things. And she also, you know, seems to to have all these memories of Cloud from back when they were kids that that and, you know, maybe was it a childhood crush, you know, that's never really explicitly said. But and, and 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 they're able to capture that, but they're also able to capture Eris's like precociousness, like her, like she is she is the the you know, the healer in the party. And she's, you know, the, 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 you know, weird mystical (laughs) pixie dream girl, I think is, is maybe uh, not the best description of that, but she is, but as, uh, but Eris is also a troublemaker. Uh, You know, she, she picks on things. She, she speaks her mind and, and they just, they capture all of that in the dialogue in a way that I really, really love. Um, and, And, for all the story it's, changes, it's, it's what brings me into this game and what makes me ignore a lot of things that I I don't love about necessarily the game, but the, the release itself and the state of Square itself. Um, but yeah, that that stuff, I mean, it's it's everything else just fades to the background. And like I got so into all of the characters, uh, much to grin, uh, Jewish chagrin. I, it's, I, it's not I, it's not I, it's not chagrin as much. But what I'll say is they they have expanded on literally every single part of that arc. And some of that stuff is really, really great. And some of that stuff is not. Um, we'll talk about some stuff that I, I'm kind of hit or miss on, um, but that Miles loves. Uh, they have expa- yep. they have expanded <laughs> the world of avalanche the effectively eco-terrorist organization that the group is a part of at the beginning and in the original game we're introduced to three of barrett's and tifa's compatriots biggs wedge and jesse um who uh unceremoniously die uh when the pillar falls uh in the middle of the ga- in the middle of the the midgar arc um golly a lot happens this time <laughs> golly a lot happens in in the midgar arc in that game it is absolutely wild um but we are introduced to them and of course they are also fully voice acted just like everybody else um and they they have much larger personalities they have uh, uh much larger uh things going on and they have slightly <laughs> slightly more annoying uh character deals I don't know what you're talking about. Um, I think they're fantastic. I like I loved Jesse and I I'm really hoping that that the 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 theory is that hey, maybe these guys don't die this time. Uh hold, holds to be true. I, I I don't think it's that's gonna happen. I think they just they kind of left it a little vague, but uh um, Well, I can I can go ahead and tell you confirmed two of the three of them spoilers did not die in the game <laughs> because you see two of them alive at the end of the game the only one you don't see uh uh the the only one that you don't see uh is jesse whether she will be back or not is uh uh you know in question 
There is someone that appears right. there is someone that appears to be her in one of the rebirth trailers, but there's also some other stuff going on. Yeah, and all all the story stuff I I I was I really really got into. Um and and I like that this one it felt like a good chunk of the story even though even though knowing what what it is in the actual game it did feel like okay we're taking this and this is where we're going to end but i still felt like i got a complete like felt like i'm playing part of the star wars original trilogy i felt like i got a story we're going to go forward but like this told a complete tale i am worried going forward that may or may not be the case um i have heard a lot about the new ones well we're not talking about the new one but um I will say with this this one, as much stuff as they added in, it all felt contained. This is about like you said, about a forty hour experience, so it's not crazy long like some JRPGs. But you can spend a lot of time doing things, getting trophies, um, breaking your sanity at the gym um, <laughs> in one of the most annoying mini games I think I have ever played in a Final Fantasy game. Oh, um, yeah. again, there are things that. There are there are are required things that are frustrating and there are optional things that are even more frustrating. And uh, yeah, the squats were Um, bad enough. The pull ups were so difficult. Nightmare fuel. Um, What what I dislike about this game isn't even the game itself. I think this is a great. Start, I think it's a great retelling of this part of Final Fantasy seven. I love all the characters, even if some of the storytelling gets a little, it kind of trips over itself a couple of times when it's getting into the meta narrative, especially with Sephiroth. Well, and um, well, that's, that's the thing that I, that I, I forgive a little bit because Sephiroth is the big bad of Final Fantasy seven. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. He does not appear in Midgar. Right. <laughs> you hear but... it. You hear, you hear his name periodically and they start to talk about him. And then you see you get that something big and bad happens at the end of the Midgar arc. And, oh, it was Sephiroth. He was here, but he's not anymore. Uh, and you never you don't see him. Uh, but uh, well, you do. But it's and a whole I, thing. I, I feel like they put too much Sephiroth in in this first title. I know I, I understand why they did it, but I feel like it does take away a little bit of the oomph when you really find it. I, I I kind of agree with that. I kind of agree with that. I also, this is, and this is, it's not really a complaint. It's just, it was confusing for me. There are a couple of named characters that are in this game. Uh, one in particular is named Kyrie, who shows up in a number of places. She is uh, highly annoying. She steals from the party. She, she, you know, says a bunch of negative stuff about them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and there's another guy named Leslie who you go on a whole side trip with for something that feels just tacked on, added in stuff. And I was like, who are these people? Why are these people around? Well, I learned later that they're two of the main characters of a follow-up book that was released in uh, ahead of Final Fantasy VII Advent Children. Uh, the Kids Are All Right, I think is the name of the book. They are two of the, the main characters of that book. And so they're including all these characters in all this side story content that I'm going to say 90% of the video game population has not read or participated in. Um, 
which I think is just very, very interesting. Um, it's also so square. <laughs> it is. It really is there. Then there's also moments in the game and I'm going to bring this up because it is the worst part of the game. There is a section in Final Fantasy seven called the train graveyard. And it's this train graveyard where you just have to walk through and move a couple of trains because you're trying to get to where you're going uh, before the tower falls. And the train graveyard in the original Final Fantasy seven is two screens. It's two screens. <laughs> and in remake, it is an entire giant warehouse, annoying, too long process that features it two. Is too long. It features two of the most annoying and difficult boss fights in the game. And all of this stuff is completely useless. It is it it active yes. it, it it actively lessens the game for me. Well, um, and, it, and it kind of it, this is why it makes me think about the philosophy behind making this this game as one because I would have rather them taken ten years and give me three or four Blu-rays. And I mean, I also I know why they did it. Money, money is why they did this. I, well, I'm, we're all adults here, but the. This is where I'm like, yeah, this is bloat. This is not anything. It's 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 not fun. It doesn't really give you. I mean, there's a couple ghost stories that are kind of neat, but you could have done that in a two screen experience. It it doesn't elevate the story, gameplay, or anything about the game to me at all. And again, this is this is where I fall into like this is this is my part of what I hate about Square today. <laughs> is they they are are kind of ruining a beautiful story and a great game because final fantasy 7 remake is a great game it it's really is a lot of fun um it tells a, a part of a good story it has um a really solid battle system that is kind of hidden by the game itself as drew as you kind of basically perfectly explained earlier um i it's such a weird experience now because I'm like, there's so much to love and then so much to be completely frustrated by. And, and it's not the typical like, Oh, they changed this. Like I actively like, there's this whole idea that they have actively fully changed the nature of the story altogether. And I'm kind and, of on board. And, and here's the thing. I've been playing final fantasy seven for 25 years. I, I know that game very, very well. I love mm -hmm. that they're telling a different story. That there's that they're that they're making changes, and especially because there's a particular moment in that story that I would like to see a change in, <laughs> a change that we've been begging to see for 25 years. I, I don't know about that. We'll see. Um, well, I, I, well that, that 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 that's a different conversation for a different day because that that change could. I mean that that is that is the question that has been arisen by yeah. by having Sephiroth in this game. And as your kind of final boss, it introduces this idea because there's a, already a couple shifts that have happened that have changed from the core story. And the idea of this tale being told that there's this like meta thread that's being uh, addressed by the game that things may not turn out the way they did last time. Yeah. Which makes this not necessarily a remake, but maybe a spiritual sequel. 
well, or a meta sequel in and, a way. And also then when you beat the game and you have the post credit sequence that features a character that is dead before the start of the game. And was never in the original. And was, and was never in the original game. Suddenly there. Who knows what's going to happen? Um, you mentioned Sephiroth. We mentioned all the voice cast and I forgot to mention uh, uh, Sephiroth is voiced by Superman, which I did not realize until earlier today. I, I looked at his name over and over again and I just never put together. It's it's a Taylor Hecklin. Is that how you pronounce his name, Miles? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, great Superman, by the way. Tyler Hecklin. Um, uh, he's well, sadly, he's not Superman anymore. <laughs> but uh, uh, season's not over. Oh, is it not? Okay, well, it, he. I, I don't think I don't think the last season's aired yet. Uh, well, whatever season he's got coming has is the last one. It's, they it's they the have an, one. they have it's announced. Good, that. It was a good run. He did like some stuff in Supergirl and then got four seasons of his own show. As a result, good run. Good for it. And and now we can. And he's a great great Superman. It's a great Superman. Um, good Sephiroth. So, you know, good Sephiroth. Um, I mean, no Lance Bass, no Lance you know. Bass, no Lance Bass. <laughs> Lance Bass was Sephiroth. What and is this good. world? He was good. <laughs> he legit was decent. I mean, he didn't say much, let's be honest, but sure, like, sure. you know, uh, so um, uh, I, I do have to round out talking about something that is important when you're talking about Final Fantasy seven. And I have to talk about the music in this game because this game features so much music and it features not just the not just reorchestrated versions of the original songs from the game but it takes those motifs and it reinterprets them so you might have you know the 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 main battle music of of final fantasy 7 the, 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 the you know the the you know you know the battle music of final fantasy 7 mm-hmm. dun, 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 dun. they take that motif and they rearrange it and they have different versions of it depending on what fight you're in. And, and it kind of builds until you get to the first big fight. That's like, okay, now we're in the game. This is it. Same thing. Same thing with the boss music. They have different versions of the boss music based on different bosses that kind of fit the, the, the motif of the, or the theme of the bosses. Um, And it's really cool to see that music taken into you know taken into the the 21st century that way um i will say the old wall market music was the best wall market music and it exists in the game in one particular section that is kind of boring but the new wall market music is not good and i don't like it (laughs) i thought it was perfectly fine i also i agree that the old wall market music is great but i i didn't dislike the new music i mean like the thing is is like final fantasy traditionally has great great music um and almost every game has at least one song that it like stands out. Um, I mean, seven and eight specifically have like soundtracks that have a lot of songs that resonate. Um, and I'm sure other fans of other games are like, well, no, 12 has this is that, that's fine, but like, no, seven and eight are two of the best game soundtracks of all time. And I don't care who you are. Seven, ha- I mean, seven, seven has the has the the sweeping v- shot over Midgar going down to the train station and right into the Midgar, the Maka right. reactor music, which the Maka reactor uh, uh, infiltration music, which is one, one of, if not the best uh, video game opening of all time, right up there with it, neck and neck, Final Fantasy VIII's wild, in, wild fake Latin 
song intro. Oh, Liberate Fatale. <laughs> right up there. Um, and and honestly, Final Fantasy XIII's uh, battle music, goat. <laughs> like, goat. Um, and like, I know, I know there is a little um, exasperation that uh, Uyamatsu is like one of the few video game post- composers that people like know. Like, if you know, if you know a video game composer, you, you likely know Umatsu, uh, maybe Koji Kondo and a handful of others. But like everyone knows Umatsu's name. And I get that frustration, especially as someone who loves uh, video game scores and video game soundtracks. At the same time, you listen to even the remastered tracks from this one or go back and listen to the classic tracks. There's a reason this this dude is a living legend who just announced this week that he's not going to do any more full games. He might do some main themes and some stuff, but like he's, he's done doing full games. He's, he's has, has, has paid his dues. <laughs> yeah. He wants to focus on his own band's music, which I think is a Tiki band of all, of all things, which is like, he's had several bands like the black, he had a band called the black mages where that did rock versions of the final fantasy songs. Like the, the dude is, is a phenomenal composer um i mean full full out like the compositions he's done are some of the best uh classical compositions in in the Uh, modern era i would argue that he is the uh john williams of the video game world yeah i mean i i mean i i I certainly see the analogy um this dude was throwing down tracks in midi midi come on yeah i mean so was koji kondo um but yeah, I mean, the m- music in Final Fantasy has always been synonymous. It's one of the first uh, video game franchises to actually have touring music for it. Um, I've seen it. It's um, <sighs> frankly, it's an emotional experience uh, seeing that stuff performed live. I saw it in Atlanta in like 2005 at the Dear Friends concert. I haven't been to a Final Fantasy one because I'm because I really only want music from four games <laughs> and, uh, honestly even the ones you think you don't want when you see them perform like in because like at least the one the shows they used to do with the orchestra and stuff they would have like these giant like screens set up and they would have sure. stuff playing and you, you get sucked in like because i was like i don't know about music from three and like the actual three not six um and i was still like this is great i'm gonna go home with the soundtrack of three this is phenomenal like it, you, you get sucked in I mean, I'm, I'm sure any artist that you don't know all the music of, but like, but it's, like, it's, oh, this is a good song. it's different than like going to the Zelda symphony, which I have done and cried in the theater when they played, <laughs> when they played the tall, tall heights music from <laughs> Link's awakening. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to, I do want to go to the Zelda show. Um, I know uh, at one point this is, this is a, t- that, I that, know there was a Star Trek one. Um, and I think it came to peace center, but tickets were way too expensive. Um, I, I, I don't know if I could go to that. I would not be able to see. I would be weeping the entire time. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. Uh, the, 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 Zelda, the Zelda concert was on YouTube the other day, and I was watching it while boxing things up for this work we're having done in our house. And I'm just sitting on the floor, putting stuff into a box. I'm trying to get my kids to, to watch because my, my son's playing trumpet and French horn and my daughter's playing violin. I'm like, look, there's French horn. There's they're, they're playing this stuff. And they're just like, okay, whatever, dad. Uh, it's, you know, it's Zelda music. So it's good music. And then, you know, and then they get into a certain section. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is about music that just gets to like, 
it's it's why oh, we, we had this conversation in january it's why it's, i'm always like come on yeah i know um, i know so back to I, there's something i want to ask you because we've kind of uh gone back and forth we've had our our statements about the game um as as someone who like this is one of your favorite interactive experiences of all time in terms of uh the medium how do you feel about this game as a remake i i think calling it final fantasy 7 remake was something that they had to do mm-hmm. um I, I, I know that there are people out there that dislike this game because it's not just a one-to-one version of the original I, 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 97 I, game. Yeah, I'm not interested in that anyway. I'm not. I mean, side note, if that's what they had put out, I would have also been way into it. I'm not going to sure, lie. Absolutely. I would have been. It would have been fine. The thing about a remake is not to do one for one, which is better graphics. That's not interesting. It's what could you not have pulled off? What could you not have told as easily? Because you could not have had the conversations in the PlayStation era because most people would not have read all of that stuff, but they will watch someone talk. Yeah. And I, I understand visual novels exist, but I there's a reason that game sold as many copies as it did. And so it is really interesting to see those new things. If they ever did Final Fantasy VIII, which I'm not necessarily like, oh, I can't, I have to do it. I would be most interested to see how they were going to develop these relationships between these characters and how they were going to further um, flesh them out. And that to me is the most impressive thing about this specific game. Um, It also highlights kind of everything wrong with Square Enix um, at the same time. It's it's a weird, a weird problem to have. (laughs) Yeah. Like what this game does well, it does exceedingly well. And the couple of missteps that this ga- that I think this game has are some pretty big missteps. That train graveyard sequence is just so bad. And there are a number of there are a number of side quests and like just go run around fetch quests that you have to do in the city in order to like, you know, to to, to do this for Eris and to do this for Tifa and this for this person. Well, like, I don't do anything for Tifa, so that's fine. They can give me all the Tifa quests they want. The the re- the reality of it is that that some of that stuff is well thought out and some of that stuff is not. Some of it's literally just a fetch quest and some of it it's, is just it, it does it. It doesn't flow as naturally as some other parts of the game. And it's a weird lesson. These AAA companies have not learned is that like just because you put more in there doesn't mean it's good. Doesn't yeah. mean it makes the game better or more valuable. And sometimes I like some of these fetch quests just to kind of live in the the area but I think you're right. There are some times where I'm just like, all right, come on. Yeah. Like, and there are some things that I had to replay for the platinum trophy because something didn't trigger that was supposed to trigger. And I had to replay it multiple yeah. times and go through the whole thing multiple times. And by the fourth time I was doing it, I was just kind of done. Um, and that's, you know, it wasn't everything. There are certain things in this game that I think are like, the surprises that happen in this game with, with, especially when it comes to some of the enemies, because there's a lot of enemies in final fantasy seven that are weird. And uh, I'm just going to spoil one for you right now. Uh, one of my favorite enemies in the Midgar portion of the game is an enemy called hell house. You ever heard about hell house miles? Yes. Okay. Well, I was hoping you'd say no, so I could explain it, but since oh, you've heard about no, it, what's hell house. Yeah. Hell house is a random battle that you get involved in. That's just a house. It's just a house that's sitting there. 
and then you hit it with the sword a couple of times and then it becomes a robot that attacks you <laughs> it has a big afterburner on the back and the big question is how is hell house going to be in this game and the way they introduce hell house into final fantasy 7 remake is so hilarious and it's one of the hardest boss fights in the game it's as well it's in the coliseum well. right it's in the col- yeah it's yeah, in the coliseum yeah. Yeah, that, that fight, it's not even that's hard. It's just, it's long. It's such a long well, fight. It's a long fight. It's, 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 it's shorter once you figure it out, but it's not, it doesn't really tell you what you need to figure out. So it, it and, and, and on hard mode, good Lord, it's a, it's a, it's a skill check, but uh, it's a skill check. It's a, it's a skill check. Uh, so, <laughs> um, but I got it and I got it on farm, baby. Anyway, so. Then, and that makes me think about the next game. And there's another, a number of enemies that are like, there's an enemy that is a half triceratops, half tank. How is that guy going to show up? They got to have that guy. They got to have that guy. Um, and it's just stuff like that, that like the, the, the stuff that, you know, people who never played the original Final Fantasy VII had no idea what Hell House was. But I loved Hell House and I made Tyler our friend when we were doing uh, the Twitch streams about playing Final Fantasy seven, I made him fight hell house a lot <laughs> because I love it. It's so weird. And uh, just to see it represented in the game that way is just such a fun, like the things that they, that, that, that they really nail for fans of the originals like that are just beautiful. Absolutely love it. Um, Final Fantasy seven remake miles. Uh, that ain't over in about two days from when we uh, less than that from when we. Oh, yeah, because it's Thursday that it comes out uh, from when uh, the day after this episode drops. The next game in the Final Fantasy remake trilogy comes out uh, and you guys not might, might not hear from me for a bit. Um, you just true. <laughs> <laughs> and you better you better do what you need to do. Um <laughs> But yeah, uh, I probably won't play until, assuming I get it. I've been on uh, my own little quest this year um, for Miles' year of adventure. I have been uh, going back and playing the original Final Fantasy games. I bought the Pixel remasters. I j- today just closed credits on the first game. Nice. Uh, because nice. I've been thinking about JRPGs a lot. And I've been thinking about the feeling of adventure they used to have. A lot of them don't really carry that as much anymore and so i've been watching several like youtube videos like of of aggregates of rpgs and stuff i haven't played and i want to go back and play stuff that like especially within this franchise that i i never finished um or never or outright never played and then other ones um that i played but either didn't remember or never completed like saga frontier or um breath of fire dragon quarter for ps2 uh, there's a lot there's a lot of them um never finished nuna kuni so i wanted to do a fresh play of that but like this year for me i think um look it's an election year which is usually a dark year for us um <laughs> just all around in this country uh, no matter what side of the, the fence you're on it's 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 stressful social media is at its all-time worst and this, this so year also game, ha- this year also has the gall to be a day longer too like get out of here yeah so like to to go back to like some some classic adventures and like kind of allow yourself a little bit of a reprieve is is what I'm all about this year. Um and so I 
I'll do some reporting on um maybe we'll bring back Top Nergy to me for uh like once a month or something for for reports. I would actually like to talk a little bit about this first Final Fantasy. It's a pretty good game. Yeah. Um but yeah, but that's not what we're doing next week. <laughs> no, next week, gang. Next week we are gonna get into a whole new side of things. We are gonna get into X March. Uh, as we are going to dive into the 1990s X-Men animated series. We're going to spend all month, all month doing that. And we're going to start next week with a smattering of season one episodes. Now, season one, the, these seasons have wildly different numbers of episodes. Um, so yes. we're, we're probably going to watch more than we are saying we are going to watch. Yes. But the um, one the ones we are definitely going to focus on are the following episodes. Uh, so we're going to focus on season one, which is 13 episodes start to finish. We're going to focus on the Night of the Sentinels two parter, which is the first two episodes of the show. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch episode three, which is Enter Magneto, just because that's going to talk about Magneto. And then we're going to watch episodes 11 and 12, which are a two parter that covers Days of Future Past or this this series version of Days of Future Past. Yes, um, obviously, this is, this is all to lead up to uh, I mean, we're not going to cover it specifically, but X-Men 97 comes out next month on Disney Plus. Um, the long awaited you know, follow up to the X-Men, the animated series. Um, and Drew and I were going back and forth. The the goal, I think, initially was, like, oh, let's just cover every single season. And that's a big ask. Um, <laughs> it is. Some of these, some of these are 13 episodes. Some of them are 21. Um, and so what we're going to do is in all likelihood, one or both of us is going to watch the entire season because it's, it, 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 you can't not, <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> in, in the event that that is not possible for one of us, we wanted to, to, like lock in on episodes that we were going to highlight for that season and um this way we we have something that we are absolutely going to watch in the event that one of us can't watch the entire season so we still can like talk about it yeah um it it takes a little bit off a little bit of the um i would say pressure off each week First but, couple, but by and large, we're likely going to watch every single season of the show. First couple of seasons are going to be easy. When it gets into seasons three and four, it's like it's a little, it's a little mm-hmm. much. Might get a little dicier. But there's like a five part apocalypse arc in season four, I think. And um, there, well, there's there's both the Phoenix. One of the seasons has both the Phoenix arc and the Dark Phoenix arc in the same season, and that's ten episodes right there. So yeah, that's, that, like, that, that's and I, which is I think we're covering all of that. So I mean, yeah, we're watching <laughs> that entire season. <laughs> So um, I, I'm ex- I'm excited to get back into this. I mean, th- this was a show that was a, a obviously a huge part of my formative years. But I mean, I had VHS tapes. I had um, the the figures, the DVDs, the games. I mean, I'm a massive X-Men fan, but this this series was a big, big factor. And I think helped amplify the popularity of the X-Men throughout the the decade of the 90s. I mean, it felt like it came out at peak X-Men time um, for someone that I wasn't really an X-Men comics reader until really fairly recently. Uh, But I definitely watched this show and I learned a lot about the X-Men from this show Uh, in the same way that we learned a lot about Spider-Man from the Spider-Man animated series. So that's going to be fun. 
I can't wait to talk about it. And I can't wait to not skip that theme song every episode. Oh, yeah. All of this is on Disney Plus, luckily. So it's in one place uh, where you can get access to it. Uh, and that's uh, that's going to do it, gang. That's where we are going to wrap up our conversation. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can find us at themoreyounerd.com, where you can find this and every other episode that we've talked about, including all of the old Final Fantasy VII episodes that we've talked about. Uh, you can uh, tweet to us at the Mori Nerd, Blue Sky at the Mori Nerd, maybe if Miles ever posts anything there, or if I do, I guess I could too. It's Miles isn't <laughs> the, the king of social media. Um, uh, face- <laughs> F- facebook.com slash the more you nerd and of course you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com that's the more you nerd at gmail.com you can also check out our other show cosmic crit an actual play podcast of the starfinder rpg over at cosmiccrit.com. And if you go to cosmiccrit.com, go and click on our link to our discord where you can join the cosmic crit discord and talk to me and miles directly all day because uh, we get bored at work uh, so with that said, gang, we are going to end the show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd out. out.